How many know what today is? Palm Sunday. All right. I don't have palms for you today. I've done that in the past, but I didn't get them this week. However, you know, this was the day that Jesus rode into Bethlehem on what? Not Bethlehem. (laughs) Where am I going? Jerusalem. And he was riding on a what? A donkey, a colt, the Bible says. And all the people were pumped up. Finally, the king is here. The Messiah, he's coming. He's, and they were out there hooping and hollering, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Can you say that? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. God is amazing. And when he hears our praises, he moves on our behalf. And all those people were screaming and yelling and cheering, except for a handful There were those religious folks that were in the background that were going, he's going to take our authority away. Nobody's going to want to come to our church anymore. They're all going to want to go to his. So they started maligning him. They started pressuring the people to leave him. And even worse, they talked them into what? Crucifying Crucifying him. So on that very Sabbath day, they were all raising their hands and shouting, Glory to God! And five days later, they hung Him on a cross. That's what Good Friday is. It wasn't good for Him, but it's good for us. His salvation, excuse me, His death, burial, and resurrection led to our salvation. Because of Him, we don't have to pay the price for our sins he already did but we do have to do one thing don't we we have to accept it accept the gift for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have what everlasting life and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today this is the final chapter everybody say final chapter of the book of Revelation. And I wanted to start this morning by reading from the Easton's Bible Dictionary as it defines what Revelation is. We probably should have started with this, but it's a good way to close. It's an uncovering, a bringing to light of that which had been previously wholly hidden or only obscurely seen. God has been pleased in various ways and at different times to make a supernatural revelation of Himself and His purposes and plans, which, under the guidance of His Spirit, has been committed to writing. This book was written by the unction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave men the words to pen. The Holy Spirit gave men the words to pen. It's not a fairy tale. It's not something that man put together to take advantage of people. It's God's holy word. The last little part of this, again from Easton's, says the Scriptures are not merely the record of revelation. They are the revelation. Did you hear that? They are the revelation itself in written form. How many can say praise Jesus? And it just says beyond that, in order to keep, I inserted that word, the accurate preservation and propagation of the truth. God has given us His Word so that we can go out and tell people this is how we're supposed to live. You can give them all the wisdom you've got, but if it doesn't line up with God's Word, it's not truth. And if it does, it is His truth. People need to hear the truth today. We're surrounded by lies. It breaks my heart to see how wickedness has prevailed in these last days. It breaks my heart to see how people have turned their backs on God as though He's the curse when in reality He's the only blessing. Hallelujah. So as I share from the last chapter of Revelation, it's my prayer 
that this written record of what's to come is going to touch you, all of you, in a supernatural way. That His truth will permeate your heart, your soul, your mind, and that it'll stick with you for an eternity. Why would I pray this for you? It goes right along with Peter's words in 1 Peter 1, 23 and 25. The Apostle Peter said this, For you have been born again. How many are born again in this room? And if you're not, I'm going to give you an opportunity before you leave here today. Very important. Very important for you to do that if you've not already done it. Your new life, he said, will last how long? Forever. Because it comes from the eternal what? Living Word of God. Right here, folks. The Bible. That's what it's talking about. Our eternal life comes from the eternal Word of God. How many can get excited about that? As the Scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers. The flowers fade. But the Word of the Lord remains forever. And that Word is the good news that they preached back then and that we're preaching still today. Pastor, why do you use so many Scriptures? Because it's the only thing that's going to change you. I can be glib. I can be clever. I can be funny, and I hope sometimes I am. But there's also a reality here that this is the only thing, the Word of God is the only thing that can change you. If you're leaning on anything else, it's shallow. It's like sand. You must put your trust in Jesus Christ. He's the only solid, sure foundation. That's why I preach the Word. And Revelation, it's the final book. <laughs> it's the final book. God's Word is so powerful and so effective. I pray that you receive its influence today. Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, we've already had church. You've already shown up here, and I thank you for the ministry that you've already provided, even healing Carrie, Lord, today. And I know that she was in pain, and she is no more. Hallelujah. But there are still people in this room that need you that need you, they need your healing, both physically and in their souls. God, there are people in this room, I know it, that have not committed their lives to you yet, or perhaps they've walked away from you for a season. Let this be the day of their redemption. Let this be the day that they turn back to you, that they repent and say, God, have mercy on my soul. And it's my prayer that as we go through this last chapter of Revelation, that you would move in a mighty way, Lord. Take the words that this preacher has put on paper, use them, but also interrupt if need be, Lord, and guide this process. Speak to every man and woman, boy and girl, still in this room, those on the podcast, those on the live stream, Lord. And we give you this morning, we give you our lives, our spirits, in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agreed, would you say, Amen. God is so good. You know, as I read this, as I prepared for today, I'm telling you, and, and I was in my bedroom yesterday, and, and I've got these sheer curtains on my window, and the sun was just barreling through it. And it just, it just hit me. When we get to heaven, it's going to be so much brighter than that. When we're in the presence of the glory of God, it's, you know, I, if I look up right now, I'm blinded. I'm telling you, when we're in the presence of Jesus, whoo, hang on. We're going to melt. Not literally, but we're going to melt in His presence. <gasps> hey, let's go hang with Jesus for a little while. <sighs> How many like laying at the beach sometimes? Especially when the sun's out, right? Because if the sun ain't out, it ain't real fun. But when the sun's out, and it's a little, little cool maybe, but you're in the sun, it just sort of warms you. Well, imagine what it's going to be like in heaven, in our glorified bodies. We're all going to be perfect, 
Our physiques are all going to be perfect, right? None of us will be too fat, too skinny. None of us will be too tall or too short. It's going to be awesome. Hey, yeah, looking good. Looking good, Norm. Shane, looking good, man. We're all going to look amazing because we're in our glorified body. So when we go to the beach, we can all go. We don't have to worry about, now, I don't know if there's a beach. We could still go hang in the glory of God, though. In the sun, S-O-N, shine. Verse 1, Revelation 22. This is from the New Living Testament. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. Can you see this picture? I talked about this a little bit last week. The blessings of the Lord are going to flow directly out of the throne of God. His glory is going to come right down the middle of the town and quench the thirst of those who seek His righteousness. Are you a righteous seeker? Are you? Wow. How many seek after righteousness? Come on, folks. You're not sure? I mean, that, what's the opposite of righteousness? Wickedness. So who's seeking after righteousness? Yeah. And anybody that's going after that, that thirst for his righteousness is going to be filled. You're going to be filled. Hallelujah. And not only are we going to get to drink from this river, but it also nourishes the tree of life. The Bible says on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops or 12 kinds of fruit. You know, we're not going to be bored. There's going to be 12 different kinds of fruit. My guess is they're all going to have a different responsibility. And as we eat from each one, we're just going to go, mm, yummy, 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 yummy. Can you say that with me? Yummy, 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 yummy. I love doing that with my granddaughter. She likes it when I make weird noises. We all are going to eat from the tree of life, which does what? Gives us everlasting life. Remember? Where did we see that tree before Revelation 22? In the garden. And there, were this be- there was this beautiful couple. All right? Ooh, they were good looking too. They had, they had nothing wrong with them at that point when God put them there. Adam and Eve. They were the perfect couple. Come on, babe. Let's go out to the garden. Let's have us a little snack. And they were able to eat from the tree of life. Until what? Until they made a mistake. They dishonored God. They ate from the tree of good and evil. At that moment, sin entered their lives. Before that, they were perfect. They were pure. Created in God's image. After they ate from that tree, the curse fell on them. Now, God could have just said, Go ahead, let them keep eating. And they would have lived in their sins forever. But by His mercy and His grace, He said no. And He placed an angel in front of that tree so no one could eat from it. Until, right here. How many are excited to get your first taste from the tree of life? Hallelujah. I am. I'm pumped about it. I'm telling you. God truly loves us. He really does. And I'm telling you, what He has in store for us, none of us can really realize. This this observation also spurs another question in my mind. What are the leaves all about? Because what's it say here? It says, to heal the nations. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Well, in the very next verse, John says, the curse is going to be ended. So what do we need to be healed from? It's, it's kind of a weird thing, but I believe it's just a mis, 
interpretation of what should have been said here. Now, the, the actual original word actually means therapeutic or therapy. And in a literal sense, it means health. So what John is really saying is when we munch on these leaves, we're going to have total health for the rest of our lives, which is forever. Forever. How many could wish you could chew on a couple of those leaves right now? <laughs> I, I would appreciate that. But we're going to have to wait, okay? And it's not, not going to be too long before it happens. Verse 3. No longer, there it is, no longer will there be a curse on anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him. That's us. Are you a servant of the Most High God? You are going to be there right there with me. Hallelujah. And they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads. For the first time, man is going to be in total freedom in our glorified bodies, nothing weighing us down anymore. No curse, no sin, no tears, just pure and unadulterated God. Face to face. You know, in the Old Testament, in fact, I just put this up here. If you want to write it down, you can go back and look at it. This is where Moses wanted to see God, but God said, uh-uh, you look at me, you're dead. And he wasn't trying to be mean because God is holy, God is pure. He couldn't look at Moses or Moses couldn't look at him because he had sin in him. If we were to go to heaven right now in this body and we looked at God, we would die. But when we get in our glorified bodies, in that instant, in that twinkling of an eye, when God goes, okay, it's time, We're all going to look that way. We're all going to be comparing each other. You wait. There will be no pride either. No pride. All right? Right? No curse. And we're all going to look good. And we're going to be able to go up and look right in his eyes, Kathleen. I know you're ready. You're ready, aren't you? I'm ready. Bonnie, I know you're ready. Hallelujah. I wish it happened right now. We have to wait. We have to be patient. We have to bide our time. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Hallelujah. What a blessing it's going to be. What a privilege to see face to face. Revelation 1.6 talks about how we are going to be the priesthood to serve the Father. You and I, we're going to be the priests in heaven. But there is no temple, right? There won't be a need for a temple. God is there. So our serving Him is going to be all of heaven. And we're going to serve the Master, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, all the days of our lives as priests part of a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. That's good news. And we've looked at this before. Uh, actually, this was back in chapter 21 as well. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun. For the who? Lord God, Lord God will shine on them. And they will reign for just a little while. Oh, did I say that wrong? What does it mean forever and ever? I like it. Jesus Christ is the light. His glory is going to light up the heavens forever. Then there's this little part that talks about us reigning with the Lord forever and ever that's inserted here. Let me ask. If the wicked have already been judged, they've already been sent to hell, who are we going to reign over? That's, that's what I heard. You're right. 
angels. You know, when God created us, we were created a little bit lower than the angels. But that's going to reverse. All right? In fact, in 1 Corinthians, I think I have that up here, 1 Corinthians 3, it says, don't you realize that we will judge what? Angels. That's my emphasis, by the way. Only man was created in God's image. The angels weren't. They were created by God, but not in His image. Only man is born again through the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. We're part of the family, folks. Angels were sent to minister by God, but to us. How many can get excited about your future? Verse 6, Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires His prophets has sent His angel to tell His servants what will happen soon or what will happen suddenly. Some of the manuscripts suggest. God's coming. And it's going to happen so quickly. I hope you're ready. What the Lord told John to pen is trustworthy and true. It's going to happen just as you and I are reading it here. But... The problem is, you and I are confined to time. And it hangs us up. If I tell you I'm going to be over in a little while, Ken, I'm going to come over and visit you in a little while, and I don't show up till next Friday, you're going to be going, what a loser. That rotten pastor, he told me he was coming over in a little while. Well, my little while and your little while might be different. And God's is certainly different because God is not confined by time-space. He can shift through time. He can go back to the past. He can go to the front. And He can see the other end of the spectrum. You and I can't do that. So when we see this, He's coming back suddenly. We're all going, man, it's been over 2,000 years. Where is He? How many say that? And if you do, you wouldn't be outside of too many of the others that think the same way. God is not confined by time. Finally, when the Lord tells the angel, tell them that He's coming soon. Verse 7, look, I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. You know, this is the second of three times that God says this. Tell the people, I'm coming soon. How can that be? It was 2,000 years ago. That's not soon in our book. Is it? We're like, what's he waiting for? Thankfully, Peter addresses this very important issue. 2 Peter 3, 8-10 But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. Again, time does not hold on to the Lord. Verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. Are there any sinners in this room today that need to get right with God? That's why he has not come back yet. It's on your behalf. He's being patient. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. The very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. So says the Word of God. God isn't slow. He loves us so much. He doesn't want any of us to perish. But there are still people that need to hear. There are people in this room that need to make a decision for Christ today to receive that great gift that God sent us all wrapped up in the personage of Jesus Christ. And when you say yes to Him, my friend, your life will be changed forever. 
Hallelujah. That's good news. That's the word of God. So, do not give up. <laughs> do not give up. Keep the faith until you are called home. Keep the faith. I encourage you today, some of you are right on the edge of giving up. The Holy Spirit told me that yesterday. Some of you are right on the edge of saying, I can't do it anymore. And God's saying, do not give up. Hang on a little bit longer. I'm coming back. If I can use the words we just preached, I'm coming back soon. That's good news. Verse 8. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. When I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers the prophets as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. When I read this, I thought, again? Do you remember? Chapter 19, verse 10. John did this very same thing. The angel showed up. He went down on his face and started to do this. And the angel said, dude, get up. Okay, my paraphrase. <laughs> Only worship God. Only driving me nuts sorry it's my human side okay why why did john do this again you know maybe someday we'll get to ask i don't know or maybe if we had been in john's sandals maybe we would have looked up at this behemoth angel who could be, God only knows, 20 feet tall. I don't know how big this, this creature is. And it's awesome looking. If you've ever seen angels in the spirit, some of you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. They're amazing. I would not want to tangle with one. And to have one standing in front of you, I don't know. It, it might be tempting to get down. You ever been around a big dude? You just sort of like, hi. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plus, think about this. John is, is an old man here. And I know he's humble. It could just be, whoa, whoa. You know, whoa. I don't know. I don't know. But the angel corrected him. That much we know, Right? Then he instructed me, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book for the time is near. Don't seal them up. What does that mean? Don't hide them. Get the word out, people. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. The Lord wants everyone to hear this book. And He hopes that it will bring about something within them that will say, repent, turn from your wicked ways, and begin to serve the living God. But not all will, and God knows that. So if you're already living that way, keep on living that way. I'm going to tell you, if you're not living that way, if you're not living righteously, then this is what you need to do. Repent. Repent. Because I want to tell you right now, don't worry about what man's going to do to you. You better worry about a, what a righteous judge is going to do to you. When Jesus came to this earth, He came meekly. He came as the Son of the Most High God. He walked in, He rode in on a little colt. Nobody would have been threatened by him because he wasn't threatening. In fact, in the Old Testament, in, in the psalm, it actually says he's comely looking. He's homely. He wasn't even good looking. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but somebody wrote that. It's in the Bible, so I guess it's true. He wasn't one of those guys you just naturally be drawn to. But he was, he, he was, he was, he was lowly. He didn't come up, come on, man. I won't take you out. You know, I got 10,000 angels behind me. You're dead, man. He didn't say that. He could have. Could he not have? He could have done that, but he didn't. He was humble. But when he comes back this next time, folks, what's he bringing with him? All his angels. Woo! Come on, devil. You're going down. Woo! One word. Woo! It's done. That's how long that battle's going to last. Woo! And it's done. Whoa. It sounds like one of those old songs from the, uh, my days. Whoa. I heard it. There it is. I knew somebody would do it. Hallelujah. Verse 12, look, I am coming soon. There it is again. Bringing my what? Reward with me. Listen to this part. To repay all people according to their deeds. However you live on this earth will determine the outcome. Reward or punishment. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Just as the Alpha and the Omega are the beginning and end of the Greek alphabet, Jesus was there at the beginning God created all things through him, and he's going to be there at the end, shining his glory on all of us. That's his promise. Praise Jesus. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city. What city? Heaven. The city. And eat from what? The fruit of the tree of life. So how do we wash our robes? I already said it once. Repent. We have to put everything under the blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, For you know that God paid a ransom. He paid the price for you to be saved from an empty life that you inherited from your ancestors, Adam and Eve. I'm adding a few things in here. And the ransom he paid was not just gold or silver. Nuh-uh. It was his own blood, the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He was the only one that could do this. But by repenting and by applying the blood of Christ on our lives, on our sins, we are forgiven once and for all. That's called grace. We deserve death. God gives us life through His Son, Jesus. He is the light. As God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, watch this part, and His Son cleanses us from all sin. Read that part with me. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin this is the only way you're going to get into that city your sins have got to be under the blood something the church has been saying for a long time but there are many out there today that say it's just a fairy tale really did you write this book there's only one truth and it's in this book These people who are changing the very way that the Bible speaks are going to pay for their sins. They're not going to go to heaven. They'll get just what they asked for. Don't be that person. Believe God. He is the truth. Everything He says is trustworthy and true. You can believe it because Jesus said it. Verse 15. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. 
please, if you're a dog lover, this doesn't mean dogs aren't going to be in heaven. I don't know if they are or not, all right? But it doesn't mean God's thrown the dogs into hell. This is symbolism here. Don't take this literally. Where were the dogs in the old, in the old days? They were always found outside the city in the what? What do dogs love? The trash. And that's where they threw, they always threw the trash out of the city. So the dogs would run around just like they do today. I live in Mishaway, and, and if you put your garbage out and you don't cover it, guess what? Well, not just dogs, but raccoons and crows and all the other stuff, but dogs are part of it because they love garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage. I want some garbage. Forget the kibbles and bits. Give me some rotten meat, man. Huh. So don't take this wrong. But who else is going to be there? The wicked. The wicked are going to be there. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. Some of the transcripts say, I am the root and offspring of David. I am the bright morning star, he said. Only God could have created David and then ended up in his lineage. Because that's the kind of God we serve. There's nothing he can't do. Nothing that's impossible for him. Jesus Christ is amazing. The Spirit and the Bride say, what? Come, let anyone who hears this say, come, let anyone who is thirsty, come, let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Now, if we quickly read this, we could quickly go to verse 18 and skip over something that is so important for us today. The Spirit and the Bride says, come. God said it. Come to me. Come to me, all of you who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. But who else is saying it? Who's the bride? We are. The church, capital C. We should be saying, come! Come! Come and experience this Jesus that I met back when I was 23 years old. He changed my life for the better. I haven't been the same since. Thank God. We should be saying this to people. Come! Come to church. Come tell them about your testimony. How many have a testimony? People should know about you. Do you realize how wretched Lewis used to be? Right? I haven't heard your testimony. I'm just saying it. I know it. Because I'm the same way, brother. Right? That's right. I was just as wretched as him, and so were you. Don't be throwing stones at me. You know you're all wicked people. Till you met Jesus. And then he got a hold of me. Does that mean I'm perfect now? Obviously not. Obviously not. But I'm getting there. There's a day coming soon. Ta-da! You got that tutor back there? Ta-da! We're going to hear it. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Whew. Who said white man can't jump? You watch. You watch. When that blast goes off, we're all going to jump. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I'm getting pumped just from reading this. Invite people to the Easter Sunday service. I want this place to be packed next week. Not for Pastor Norm's glory, but to get souls in here. To be one into the kingdom. I could care less about numbers. I'm being honest with you. I could care less about how many people are in here today. 
What excites me is when that one or that second one or that third one raise their hand and say, I want it. I want in. I want to be a part of what you've got. That's what gets my bell ringing. Next Sunday is the biggest day of the year, folks. This is when people are sitting there thinking, maybe I ought to go to church. And you know what's going to push them over? You saying, come. Can I get a good amen? Amen. And then, of course, we have that lovely spring production that's going to take place two weeks after that. Verse 18, I solemnly declare, and we're almost getting to the close. Oops. Sorry. Where'd I go? What happened? There we are. I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. Ouch! There's a bunch of plagues in here. You do not want that load. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. You think Jesus was messing around here. This ain't no joke. When you're telling people about the Word of God, keep it the Word of God. And don't pull anything out. Don't add your own stuff. Let the Word of God speak for itself. It's very important. But there are people out there today that like messing with it. I would not want to be in their shoes. Proverbs 35 and 6, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to Him for protection. Do not add to His words, or He may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. Or worse, your name may be removed from heaven. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Yes. I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. This word is actually translated from Maranatha, which means come, Jesus. Come. Can you say that with me? Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Come. Oh, He wants a people that desire Him. He wants a people that love Him so much they're not satisfied with anything else. How do you spend your week? Do you spend your week thinking about everything else around you? Or do you just stop every once in a while and say, God, in the midst of the chaos, come, come. Just visit me again, Lord. Come. That's the kind of relationship he wants with us. Praise the living Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all of God's holy people. This concludes the book of Revelation. Would you stand with me? In my opinion, this book is amazing. I've tried to do it justice. I know I'm human. And all, as all of us do, we have to rely on the manuscripts, which I believe are very accurate. The things I've said, I believe most are true, if not all of it, but it's a man's interpretation. When I have preached this message, I think the thing that that I want you to get that's most important is be ready. Be ready, because Jesus is coming soon. That part was not mistranslated. That part is very accurate. Jesus is coming back soon. Those who have applied the blood of Jesus Christ to their lives will be saved. Anyone who trusts in the Lord will not be ashamed. Those who have not risk living forever separated from God and worse depending on your deeds, living in hell forever in eternal punishment. It's not a fairy tale, folks. It's in the Bible. 
If, you, if you're just getting here today, it's in the Bible. Hell is real, just like heaven is real. You're going to go to one of two places, heaven or hell. Heaven or hell. Say that with me. Heaven or hell. It's your choice. It's not up to me. It's not even up to God. What? You are a free will creature. God gave you that free will to decide. Do I want to love him? Do I want to serve him? Do I want to take this free gift of eternal life? Or do I want to go, I don't need what you've got. And I'm not trying to make fun here. But that's what a lot of people do. Well, Pastor, Pastor Norm, oh, that, that gospel stuff, that, that Bible stuff, that's just a crutch. You know what? If that's what it is, I'll take that crutch. Because I know where I'm going. Do you? Heaven or hell? Heaven or hell? One or the other. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? very important time in the service please nobody moving around just for a minute I can't even begin to tell you how much God loves you folks and I've said this many times but I, I believe it bears witness here today once one more time if you were the only person on this planet I believe Jesus would have died for you when he had his hands nailed to that cross, he saw your face and mine and all the other brothers and sisters in this room. I believe he saw those who were going to deny him, which probably added to the pain, but I also believe one of the things that sent him to that cross was the fact that he saw us in heaven. He wants all men to be saved, all women to be saved, all boys and girls to be saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died for your sins, you will be saved. Have you made that proclamation yet? I'd like to ask if you're here today, you need Jesus the first time or the 20th time. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you accepted him when you were eight, but you've been backslidden since. Or maybe just a week ago, you started turning your back and going away from him. If you need Jesus today, you're not right with him, I'd like to pray with you. Would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Hands going up all over the room. Thank you. Anybody? Put them down. Thank you. Any others that haven't raised their hand yet? Yes, thank you. You can put it down. Others? I want you in on this prayer. Yes, thank you. You can put it down. Anybody else? I want to tell you something. God loves you. God loves you. This prayer that we're going to pray, it may not seem like much, but you're exercising your faith here. I'm going to have you pray this with me, and I'm going to ask all the saints in this room to join me. We call it the sinner's prayer. When you're done, though, the difference is your life is going to be changed. I did it when I was 23 years old. Many others in this room did it when they were younger or a week ago, whenever it was. And we have all become born again. And I want you to experience that same new life that only God can give you. So if you raised your hand, I want you to pray this as loud enough so your own ears can hear you. And I'd ask all of the saints, please join me in this prayer as we are led by the Spirit. Father God, pray this with me. Father God, Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus, your one and only Son. Today, I recognize I'm a sinner. But today, on March the 25th, I want to change that. I want to receive that free gift of life. I want to say yes to what Jesus did for me. On that cross, I believe that he died for me. I believe they buried him. And I believe on the third day he rose from the dead. 
The Bible says he was the first to be resurrected. The first of many. And I want to add my name to that list. So today, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person and help me to live for you all the days that I have left. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> there are a bunch of hands that went up. And you know what that means? That means the angels. The Bible says this. The angels are in heaven rejoicing because you, your name, was just added to the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. Yes. We have a little booklet if you've never picked it up. Uh, Brother Jerry's got a, a copy back there. Grab it from him. The New Life, the start of something wonderful. Excellent book just to guide you in this new life you're about to experience. Please, it's free. Take it with you. Also, be sure and get some of those cards to hand out to people to invite them to that play. It's April the 13th, 14th, and 15th at 7 p.m. each night right here at the Hope. Get the word out. Next Sunday, 10.30, we're going to have a rocking service for you. I believe God's going to show up. And then again, don't forget Friday if you're able. Just come and join us as we worship the Lord and contemplate what he did for us on that cross. Father God, we thank you again for everything you're doing in this church. Help us to be the witness you've called us to be. To take the message of the gospel with us. To let our testimony speak for itself. You changed me, Lord, that I would tell others what you've done in me. And Lord, I pray that you keep us safe in our coming and in our going. Bless the snacks and the time of coffee and fellowship. We love you. We commit the people of this church into your hands. Amen. One last thing I almost forgot, very important. Tomorrow night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 7 p.m., uh, we're going to have prayer. We're going to pray for lost souls to come into the kingdom next Sunday. If you just got saved, come on back. We'll teach you how to pray. Each night, somebody different leading it. We'd love to have you here. Let's, let's storm the gates of hell this week with our prayers. Let's believe God's going to do miracles next Sunday. Amen? God bless you. Thank you.